Hi, and welcome. You're listening to the Real Talk at Home podcast, a conversation with your ENC Abilene campus ministers on current topics, how they relate to us, and how we can all move forward together. Let's tune in. The ice cream. You did it this time, not me. (laughs) Oh, do it. Why me? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think we can get rid of that. Oh, uh, wow. Finally, episode four. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Real Talk at Home. I'm Britton. I'm one of the campus ministers here. And we've got Brittany and Christian Martinez, who are also campus ministers here. Hello. Yeah. Hello, hello. In Abilene, Texas. Good old Abilene. The prettiest town you ever did see. So anyways, welcome. This week we're going to be talking about the basically holidays and different celebrations that that we do. And some of them are worldwide. We're going to be but some of them are American holidays. So ancient pagan holidays and their impacts on today. That is today's topic. You're looking at me like, which one's only American? I How- was. I was trying to think of that. It's Halloween. Is it Halloween? Yeah. It's Makes Thanksgiving. Sense. Like, other people do celebrate it, but not to the extent that Americans do. Thanksgiving is, o- is the only American pagan holiday. Well, I'm going to get us started Go by for talking it. Get us about Easter. 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 Wasn't that like Easter last Sunday? Week? Yes. So that's why I picked it because it's. It's just an obvious choice because we just celebrated it. Paganism and so ancient pagan holidays and their impacts on today. And you're choosing Easter. Yes. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to set it up and then we'll get into, you know, maybe some of the more pagan roots and influences. So in case anyone's listening to this who doesn't know what Easter is, or I guess to sum it up for all of us to set the stage for the conversation... Easter is a Christian holiday that celebrates the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It happens three days after he died, around roughly 30 AD, or Common Era CE. And it concludes a series of events and holidays that begins with Lent, which is a 40-day period of fasting and um, sacrifices and worship. And it ends with Holy Week, which is the week leading up to Easter Sunday. So it includes Holy Thursday, where we see Jesus have the Lord's Supper or the Last Supper with his disciples, and then Good Friday when he is crucified, and then the Saturday in between that we don't really celebrate because it's kind of, it's a day of mourning. It's too morbid. It's, it's kind of morbid, yeah. I celebrate the Saturday because it really centers me and brings me down to earth, and then it culminates in Easter Sunday on that Sunday. So Easter is what's considered a movable feast. It doesn't happen on the same day every year, which is a little irritating because we do celebrate Thanksgiving and that happens, well, that doesn't happen on the same day every year either. It happens on the last Thursday, but that's still movable. Like Halloween, I guess, is what we'll talk about in a few minutes. That's on October 31st, no matter what. Although, did you know that a couple years ago, there was a petition going around to move Halloween to like the last Saturday of October. Really? Yeah, so it wouldn't be the 31st because families want to go trick-or-treating and you can't really do that on a school night. So, fun fact, 
So Easter is what's considered a movable feast. It happens um, not on the same day every year, but on the first Sunday after the first full moon occurring on or after the spring equinox. So that's a lot of um, things that it's dependent on. But it normally happens between March 22nd and April 25th. This year it happened on April 12th, I think, if my math is Yes, April 12th. Or, fun fact, the Eastern Orthodox Church follows a different calendar. It follows the Julian calendar instead of the Gregorian calendar. And so Easter for them happens between April 4th and May 8th. So why it's called Easter, and this is where we can get into maybe a little bit of the the pagan roots. It comes from, I don't know how to pronounce it, Austria? <laughs> Or something like that. I'm not even going to... What language? Gonna... I was about to ask, what language is that? No idea. But, well, we'll get into my next point. But it basically comes from either this word, which is the Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring and fertility. So it's a name. Or a second guess of why it's called Easter is it derives from a Latin phrase that means dawn. And when translated to Old High German, sounds like... Uh, Osterum. Osterum. Yes. There we go. Which is a precursor. Old High German is a precursor to the English we speak today. Interesting. Ost so. means east, which ah, is where the sun east. would rise from. And dawn. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So and I love this episode. This is a good one. Already? <laughs> already? <laughs> I'm so in. So that is why it's called Easter, either because of the... Um, goddess of spring and fertility or because of the latin phrase translated to old german into english today so what we see is um, a lot of the traditions and symbols that we use to celebrate easter have roots in pagan celebrations and also in judaism fun fact christianity came from judaism that's heretical (sighs) I know. I was I was really I, I kind of enjoyed reading and researching this because it, it almost grouped pagan celebrations and Judaism in the same category. Like Judaism had nothing to do with Christianity. So if you're listening to this, Christianity came out of Judaism. And one of the most obvious ways we see Judaism represented in um the Easter celebrations is the Passover. So the Passover is what we see um happening in in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, when Moses is telling Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh's like, no, I will not let your people go. And Moses is like, you're going to regret that. And all the plagues happen. And the last plague, uh, the Pharaoh is being so stubborn. And God told, tells the Israelites to put the blood of a lamb on their door, doorpost and the angel of death will pass over their homes. And any home that doesn't have that, the firstborn will of that home will be, will be killed. And so the Israelites, which then turned into the Jews, celebrate the Passover. And this continues all the way up into New Testament times. And so around the time that Jesus was crucified and Easter Sunday happens or the resurrection happens um, was Passover celebration. And that is what they're celebrating when they're doing the Last Supper. They're celebrating the Passover. Um, But what's really cool is that Jesus takes the Passover feast that the the Israelites that the Jewish Jewish people have been doing for centuries and brings a new significance to it. And he, he brings in the new covenant with his body and his blood. Um, so fun fact, Christianity and Judaism are related and it's not a, it's not a bad thing. 
Secondly, and this is where I think you guys are going to be maybe a little surprised. Uh, one of the main influences is the time of year that we celebrate it. Because it's the celebration of the equinox. The reason it happens when it does is because it's the first Sunday after the first full moon on or after the spring equinox. And so to describe, I guess, the the ties to the pagan roots or um, more less less Christianity type uh, influence, I found a quote that I'm just going to read verbatim. It says, in general, the equinox is seen as a time of struggle between light and darkness, life and death. The equinox happens when the day and night are at equal length and the sun's journey to get there signifies the universe's journey as well. As psychic medium Natalia Kuna said on her website, the significance for spring is that daylight starts to increase. So the earth is about to tip over to more light, like an illuminating sublime reminder that light is returning and it always does to earth. Therefore, the spring equinox represents new light and life, new beginnings, seeds, and path. Dang, that is very interesting. Yeah. So I figured when we were doing, when we were trying to figure out what holidays to do, I was like, hmm, I know Easter's got all sorts of these like weird rules, like full moon and equinox. I bet that comes from some sort of pagan thing. Yes. And it's (laughs) the celebration of the, the, tide is turning as far as the as far as astronomically goes the tide is turning and the nights are going to get shorter the days are going to get longer and because of that life is going to get better and there's going to be renewal and new beginnings and and rebirth and new life and so it's kind of cool because that was something that was already in place and celebrating jesus's resurrection from the dead is like almost the culmination or the best way to celebrate rebirth and relife relife. That's not, not a word. <laughs> Renewal, rebirth, um, and resurrection re- and, re-life. and, and relife. Yes. Wow. Because he did it. And because of what he did, we get to experience that as well. So as far as the symbols go, we have Easter eggs. Um, those represent fertility and birth and it could be a nod to Jesus's resurrection and rebirth. And, uh, the bunny, the Easter bunny rabbits are in many cultures <laughs> known as enthusiastic procreators. That's another quote that I stole from a website that I used to oh research. Boy. This. Please don't tell me that's why the Easter bunny is a thing. Yes. They are known as enthusiastic procreators. Oh, so no. the arrival of baby <laughs> bunnies in spring became associated with birth and renewal. That just made it so much worse for me. Yeah. It so, ruins it so, so much. Because little, little kids I are know. celebrating the Easter Bunny. I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, yes. Yes, it's fun fact. So, should we celebrate Easter? My answer to that is, why the heck not? And I have three reasons why not. First of all, the church throughout history has celebrated, celebrated it. Why, why would I think I know any better than all of church history, all the church leaders. Uh, Yeah, no. Secondly, I think this is a really good way. It's a really um, easy way to tap into the spirituality that everyone has, but with the true, with the truth. Um, And I think this is a good example of adopting or adapting to culture to reach people. You know, as believers, we know that we are in the world, but not of the world. And especially as ministers, we have to fight the 
the tension a lot. Do we, do we fight culture on this? Do we, do we preach the gospel and make disciples and we, and we fight culture on, on what it's telling us to do, or do we adapt to culture and get more creative with it? So I think the celebration of Easter is a, is a really cool way because the quote I I read earlier about the, the spirituality of the equinox, like it literally says the equinox is seen as a time of struggle between light and darkness, life and death. Well, what else does that sound like? Maybe the savior of the world dying on a cross and struggling with all of those humanity's sin and death for our sake. Wow. 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 So I think it's a really good example and a really easy way to tap into that spiritual side that everyone has. But have the truth, capital, capital T, the truth in Jesus and what he did for us. And then third reason why we should celebrate it is we live in the resurrection reality every day, right? As believers, we know we are saved, we're redeemed, we're brought back into right relationship with, with God, but it's good to have a holiday or a, a time of celebration set aside or consecrated specifically to reflect and remember, because if we don't, we don't have that that reset moment. We don't have that moment, and it'd be really easy to just continue going on in our daily lives of being believers or being ministers and just trying to do our best. But when Easter comes around every year, it forces us to realign what we know and what we believe. Do we ignore the Easter bunny and not use Easter eggs? Man, you can do what you want. There are a lot of believers uh, who don't want to use it because it doesn't have anything to do with yeah. Easter or whatever. Right. But kids probably don't want to just sit at the foot of a makeshift cross and <laughs> weep for three days. That sounds like a blast. I don't know what you mean. So that is Easter. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So moving into my holiday, Christmas, I'm hoping that some of the information that I'm sharing is surprising to either one of you, but anybody who's listening. In order to go back to through the history of Christmas, you have to go to ancient Roman and Nordic traditions. Yep. And I'm sure you know a lot of what I'm about to say, but keep I do. It, keep I've it. done a lot of research <laughs> on Christmas. All right. So Christmas. In ancient Roman tradition, it started out as the, it was celebrated on December 25th, and it was in celebration of Saturnalia, which was like a big party and a lot of food and relationship and relations <laughs> happening. I don't know how yeah. else to put that delicately, but there was yeah. just a lot of is freedom it, going on. Is it? Is it celebrating Saturn, like the god Saturn? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But it's also celebrating the, I guess what the Nordic tradition would call the winter solstice. Yes. Oh, okay. But yeah. but it's essentially the same thing. It's just the 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 time of the year. I think the winter solstice is either the twenty fourth or twenty fifth. Yeah. So, but they also paired the Romans paired the celebration of Saturnalia with the birthday of the god of Mithra, which was the sun god. Oh. Because during the winter it would the sun would be hidden a lot. So around that time, I, th- I can't remember if it's they're celebrating I think it's the birth of the sun and god, but basically like how the sun is disappearing now. 
but it will rebirth later or something like that. Yeah, so it's it's celebrating because the day after this winter solstice, the winter solstice is the shortest day of the year. And so the day after that is when they would celebrate it. And that would be the sun is, the days are getting longer. So the sun has been born because the days are getting longer. That makes sense. Anyway, this is my holiday. Sorry. I chose it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I should go ahead and carry on. So anyway, in, in the Nordic, like I said, in the Nordic culture, it's celebrating the winter solstice. It was on December 25th. And then right around the time that Christianity became the official Roman religion, basically the church took over it and repurposed it as an official holiday. So it no longer celebrated the pagan gods, but it was in celebration of Jesus Christ. So they just hijacked a a holiday that already existed and said, nope, we're celebrating this now. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Um, So a couple of fun facts about different things people wonder where we get the origins from so like the tree in norse culture winter was taken very seriously because you know agriculture social life everything that had to revolve around winter and then there was a nordic tradition called yule which celebrated the return of life and they celebrated that with trees called yours which is an evergreen tree so that's where we get the big green tree right once Christianity took over, uh, the tree was re-celebrated or repurposed to celebrate paradise. So the Garden of Eden. So <laughs> I have never heard that before. Yeah. Yep. So so the tree now is 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 green because the Garden of Eden was lush and full of life and always green. Uh huh. And oh, and it's called an evergreen. And and gotcha. On the evergreen, they hung red apples which we now see on Christmas trees today, red ornaments. Right, we do ornaments. Right, but that's where we get that that whole tradition because apples are not, they don't last as long as plastic and glass on a tree. So it makes sense. Well, it makes sense, like financially, but if we wanted to stick with the Garden of Eden theme, you think we would have kept the apples instead of gotten rid of them because, you know, the fruit is always portrayed as an apple. Yeah. Anyway, so the next thing, people might wonder where the mistletoe comes from. So the mistletoe comes from the Druids. It was thought of as sacred, and it was thought about from a lot of English churches as almost too pagan. So fun fact is it was such a powerful view of paganism that early English churches banned the use of mistletoes during Christmas season, which is pretty interesting. What did they use it for? Decoration? Yeah, I mean, it would be hung around because the the mistletoe was a symbol of healing and peace to to the Druids. But because it was just so tied to paganism and the English church, for some reason, just couldn't overlook it. Couldn't deal with it. At this point, Christianity Christianity was like, okay with everything else. We're like, okay, we're just going to adopt that, swallow it up, and make it our own. But the English church was like, we draw the line at mistletoes for some reason. Anyway, so Christmas coming to America, right, because of travel and we're discovering the new world. Immigration. (laughs) Immigration with an I. Yeah. So in 1659, Um, the Puritans actually tried to ban Christmas in America. Life would look so different now. Well, because well, Puritans tried to get rid of all celebrations. That's true. Right, <laughs> right. But Christmas was starting to be celebrated, and it was being brought over from Europe. And people in the early settlements, it was just so popular that the Puritans, they tried banning them from their churches. 
but people just loved celebrating Christmas. Like there were, it was it was such a popular thing that it only lasted twenty years, the banning of Christmas. The banned. Yep. I'm surprised it lasted that long. And then they were like, it's just it's too popular of a thing now. Let's just give up. They let them do what they want to do. So they- there does seem to be. I'm sure you'll talk more about like modern celebrations in a minute, but there does seem to be this, this strange, uh, what's the word? Contagious energy around Christmas. Yeah. And so it makes sense that that's not just Christmas now, but just everyone loves Christmas. That's the Christmas spirit possessing you. Oh my gosh. You're so right. Right. So anyway, so we can kind of see that from the, ancient pagan traditions how we get to where we are currently in american christmas tradition right you have the tree you have the ornaments you have the mistletoe you have the time of year the reason why it's picked on december 25th but a lot of people listening to this podcast are okay it was jesus actually born on december 25th it's mostly it's a most confidently no he was not born on december 25th what actually happened was in ancient Rome, when the church took over the uh, winter solstice holiday and made it a celebration, there is a theory that it's not for certain, although there might be more concrete evidence out since I've researched a few days ago. But there's a theory. <laughs> I just don't want somebody to be like, look, fact check, you're wrong, and you're, you're spitting Well, they can lies. do that for anything we say. That's true. So the theory is that the church adopted the date and made it the official feast day of the nativity. And the church also uh, couldn't outlaw the pagan holiday, so they accepted it. Anyway, so that's why people, it's not necessarily supposed to be the birth of Jesus, his actual birth date. Right. It's just the date that we celebrate the nativity. Right. But over time kind of like the game of telephone just information just gets lost. jumbled yeah. the myth or the legend changes and so i guess at some point they just thought it was jesus's actual birthday I'm trying to think of a, a another example of that happening where something happens and we just celebrate it on a different day yeah I know. anyway so let me get to my last point I was debating whether or not to talk about Santa Claus, and then you were like, you should... Good, I was about to ask, what about Santa Claus? Yeah, you should go ahead and talk about Santa Claus. Okay, so Santa was based on a character way back in the 4th century called St. Nicholas. He was a Turkish bishop, and he was such a popular figure around his area that they, when he died, they celebrated the anniversary of his death, which was December 6th, and they called it St. Nicholas Day. So basically what happened was St. Nick was such a good guy that he would just go around spreading joy and he was always trying to cheer up, especially um, young kids. And so what they did in celebration of him on December 6th, 6th was all the good kids got gifts when they would wake up. The oh, next this day. is where gifts come uh-huh. in. And then the bad kids, they wouldn't actually get coal or anything bad like that. They would just get nothing. Oh. Yeah. So you were hoping that the next morning you woke up that you got something because not only did you get a cool toy, but it also validated you as a decent child. Oh, wow. So. Um, I don't know if I would have. Yeah. Actually, no. Let's be honest. I would have thrived under a system like that. Probably. Yeah. You would have You would have known how to rig it. Um, so. No, I just would have been a good kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in Holland, he was known as Santa Claus. And then um, 
basically that stayed the story and the history for about 1500 years and then a seminary professor named Clement Moore wrote a very popular poem based on Santa Claus or Saint Nick called The Night Before Christmas. And it just so happened that the character was renamed Santa Claus and he gave gifts just like Saint Nick or like they gave on Saint Nick's um anniversary. And then in 1863, a cartoonist named Thomas Nast basically gave the red cheek, big bushy beard, jolly, lovable fat man we know as Santa Claus. Yeah, the today. image as we know him. Right, as the American Santa Claus. So, so that is where the origins of Christmas comes from a lot of pagan background behind it, but it also a lot of just interpreted Christian goodness behind it too with, you know, with St. Nicholas and being a bishop and whatnot. So should we celebrate Christmas? Yes. I think the thing to recognize though, is that there's a bunch of different types of Christmases out there. You have the Americanized consumer Christmas, right? Where it's all about buying and giving. It's very stressful. Very stressful. A lot you of expectations. You get angry at Starbucks for their red cups. Right. Um, but you also have the religious side of Christ, uh, Christmas, which is where Christians celebrate the birth of Jesus and the story of the nativity and all that. So I think we should definitely celebrate both. I think we should be aware of which one we're celebrating. Yeah. And maybe keep the line dividing those two. Because what I what I think would be scary is if we allowed the Americanized Christian, very superficial, sorry, the Americanized consumer Christmas to bleed into the sacred and holy tradition of the church as we know as Christmas. But I have no conscious, there's nothing on my conscience about buying gifts and putting right. lights up on the house and setting up the Christmas tree because it is what it is. And I think going back to what you were saying earlier about Easter, is you know do what you want to do i think one of the big marks that we have as christians is we're able to have dominion over things that were once under darkness but now we've repurposed them for light and somebody could say okay well how is spending a ton of money on presents and stressing out and and all that stuff how is that glorifying god well it's not but on the other hand what the church does do as far as partnering with non-profs and the Salvation Army and just reaching out to the homeless and giving gifts to people who couldn't afford it otherwise. I think those are things that are to be celebrated because they were, it was a a, a a holiday under darkness, but now we've brought to light and repurposed to be about generosity and goodness and so on. So, All right. Oh, I meant to say we got to put the Christ back in Christmas. Oh my goodness. Are you happy now? Yeah. Can yeah. we move on? Can, yeah. we, can we please move on? All right. So mine is Halloween. Oh my gosh. I wish you guys could see his face right now. He this is so is, excited. He actually sat up on the couch. I've never seen him more engaged. <laughs> Halloween. This is, it's really interesting because, you know, I've as recently as like last week talked to someone who's like, yeah, I grew up not celebrating Halloween. Like my family wouldn't celebrate it. And I know lots of Christian families are like that. I grew up celebrating Halloween, but we'll we'll talk about all that stuff later. First off, we're going to start with history. 
So, Halloween's historical roots are set in two different holidays that were mixed together during the 9th and 10th centuries. The first one, called Samhain, spelled it, but it's a Celtic pagan holiday. It's spelled like Samhain, but it's pronounced Samhain, was a Celtic pagan holiday that celebrated the fruitfulness of the year and is a marker for when dark times would come with the winter season. It's associated with death, and it was believed that this day, which fell uh, before the Celtic New Year's Day, which is November 1st, uh, was a day where the lines between the spirit realm and our realm were blurred and allowed the mystic and magical druids to make more accurate predictions for the next year. Here come the druids again. I feel left yep. out. I feel like I should have talked about druids. Let's, yeah, I know. Let's, let's the druids had all sorts of weird magic stuff that, because of the, especially I would say, British or English uh, influences on American mm-hmm. Uh, on American life that that's why a lot of druids are involved with our stuff but yeah it was I think it it was celebrating the opposite of Easter of instead of renewal it was celebrating death and that fields would be growing fallow and that people were likely to die in winter time and starve and all these bad things so it was yikes yeah yeah so um, literally like the opposite of easter yep yeah you know what though for me that that is very sobering because i think everything things nowadays are about which there's nothing wrong with positivity but it's almost like everything is has to be positive and we shield ourselves from thinking about things like death and transition and a lot of a lot of deep just realistic life things like that and so as a seven i have no idea what you're talking about right now Anyway, I just I respect that because um, it's it's cool. Yeah. So that is the first holiday, Samhain, and the second one is on May thirteenth, sixteen o nine, A.D. Pope Boniface the Fourth dedicated in Rome in honor of all Christian martyrs a day that was called All Martyrs Day. Pope Gregory III later expanded the festival to include all saints as well as all mar- martyrs. Oh, good. So I don't have to die to be considered, you know, to be yeah. included in the celebration. Yeah. But it changed to All Saints Day. And so as Christianity met the pagan Celts, it was difficult for them to abandon their traditions from Samhain. And the superstitious beliefs in ghosts and mischief-seeking spirits became their beliefs in it's demons doing all this stuff. But they were still celebrating Samhain. So, in an effort to curtail some of the pagan beliefs, the Pope moved the All Saints Day celebration to November 1st. It was at this point that many of the celebrations from Samhain were combined with All Hallows Day, and the night before is called All Hallows Eve. Later, Halloween. As many Europeans moved to the Americas and the Great American Melting Pot occurred, Many celebrations were brought with the immigrants, and during the Irish potato famine is when many of the more Celtic influences were were brought back into the holiday. So, man, I feel, I was worried this was going to go long, but I feel like I'm going faster. No, that's good. That's good because Brittany and I took our time. So I know you did. There's a lot more information about this, but. I encourage you guys to look it up. In fact, with all of these, I encourage you to yeah, look it up. Yeah, do your own research. Yeah. So, Halloween today. 
So Halloween today is, it's a pretty much a secular holiday. It is a secular holiday. It's almost purely American. The Halloween as we know it is only celebrated in America. And many Americans do not know about the spiritual and religious roots of the celebrate of the celebration. It's a night for dressing up, getting candy, and having fun, but it's also a night of debauchery and drunkenness. In fact, this year I saw a post saying that we better not be in quarantine still by by Halloween because this year uh, that's the the night. So it's a full moon that night. It is a. Is it on a Friday? It's on a Saturday. It's on a Saturday. And it's the uh, daylight savings is wow that night. Yeah. All so right. so you get an extra hour to party it up. Interesting. Yep. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. So, while there are some who use the holiday today as a chance to partake in the occult, it's not very common. That's good. how should we as Christians respond to this? Christians should not respond to Halloween like superstitious pagans. Pagans are superstitious. Christians are enlightened by the truth of God's word. Dang. Yeah. Evil spirits are no more active and sinister on Halloween than they are on any day of the year. In fact, any day is a good day for Satan to prowl about, seeking those he may devour. All right. Yes. But greater is he who is in you than he who Come is on. in the world. Come on. God forever disarmed principalities and powers through the cross of Christ and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them through Christ. That's good. <laughs> You're kidding. That's real good. Yes, you better preach. You better calm down. I might have to edit you out. (laughs) So, as with all celebrations, I do believe that some caution should be used when choosing to partake, just as we've talked about all of these, is that Easter has some, like the Easter bunny and Easter eggs. Maybe you should talk, maybe you should think about, is that something we should really be celebrating? Right. Christmas, should we really be buying gifts and doing all this consumer Christmas stuff? Or teach your kids about Santa Claus. And teachers, and yeah. Or, is that okay? Yeah. And same here. I do believe it's up to an individual and to their family. And understanding that while there isn't likely any sacrifices or demonic summonings going on that night, it is still a night often used to justify drunkenness and some other wild stuff. Yes. Yeah. Personally, I love the holiday. I love scary stuff. I love haunted houses. I love scary movies. Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a blast. (laughs) I understand that the devil is no more active on this day, this one day every year than any other day. Question, question. Do you watch The Nightmare Before Christmas on Halloween or Christmas? Oh. Both. Both. All right. You can do it either. I had to ask. So you're both. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? No, I do watch it on both. I think my natural inclination is to watch it on Halloween. Okay. Just because Jack. Yeah, oh, but it goes with both. Or you could watch half the movie on Halloween. That <laughs> is <a> terrible. <laughs> I, no. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. No, that's Just, no, just had to ask. My only encouragement is that you don't bust out a Ouija board or... And this is something I didn't get into. Bobbing for apples. Oh, that is. Do you know what that comes from? 
Oh, I don't. Who cares what it comes from? It is the most unsanitary thing ever. Does that have something to do with hearts? No. What? It has to do with if you're able to get an apple and someone else is able to get an apple, and then y'all are destined to be together. Oh. It's Oof. a form of divination. And that, like, an when you eat the apple, you could look at the core and learn stuff about yourself and others. Also, coronavirus. Yes. <laughs> don't bob for apples right now. My final thing is don't interact with spirits, but do have fun with your friends and family doing innocent stuff. And don't force anyone to join in with you on, on anything if they aren't comfortable. That's just a good rule of life in general. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us this week. Join us next week as we talk about angels and demons and spiritual warfare and all that kind of stuff. Anyways, thank you for joining us and have a great week. All right. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for our next episode. In the meantime, you can head over to the ENC Abilene Instagram or Facebook page to leave a comment on our most recent episode. We'd love to hear what you have to say.